Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Can I turn my headphones up a little? Well, bit actually, there? Ben, just before you do anything, I've got a yeah. surprise for you today because you usually surprise me on the podcast. Everyone, if you're on YouTube, have a little look at what I've got in my hands. It looks like a tin foil, but it's hot. Looks feel, like you're about to feel it. Start off a dose of heroin. <laughs> Feels like it as well. And we have these. So at the moment, Ben, I will not lie to you. You have, and this isn't anything against you, I'm just more so, you have a lot of hair in your nose. How, I, I have not, Cal, I've, have and... I got not got a nostril trimmer? Cal got me onto yeah, a nostril trimmer. but are you actually using the nostril trimmer? Yes, I am, I like once every three months. Basically, this is nostril wax. I don't actually, which bit do I put? I think I put the ball in. How is that fitting up your nostril though? So you don't dunk it, you're not trying to get right up to the end, you're just getting the tip. So cover so, the tip. We cover the tip. Generally. Whoa! What do you mean we're covering the tip? Like a, what's that? I'm covering the tip of the thing. Whoa! Wow, this looks really quite dangerous. And then basically, this needs to use a stick. Also, have you measure the temperature of the thing as well. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, it's going up my <laughs> nose. <laughs> stick, stick this over your original. For anyone mustache. who is um, not on the, if you listen to this, you probably need to go and watch it on Spotify or YouTube. Yeah. Careful because the wax. I've also got a mustache now, so you couldn't have chose a better time to. It smells to great. do this, does it? I would never ever put that out my have nose. Have you ever had your ne- nostrils waxed? Have I balls had my nostrils waxed? Okay, oh my you've had your other bits waxed. How pain- yeah. painful! Oh my is god, it? getting your JJ wax is the fucking worst. Okay, so this is going to be <laughs> no. So I pleasant. think that is so much worse, girls. If you're listening, if you've had a wax down there, boy, you've had a California. Ready? That is hilarious. What's California? A California cal is like everything off. I don't think it's the so like the front, the back, the bum, oh, wow. the bit round. I've heard of Brazilian, never heard of a California. Brazilian is where you leave a strip of hair. Okay. But I don't understand really a strip of hair, so I would never. Cal, I think this has been on for too long. Do you think so? I try a different applicator then. I'm scared that will just will knock. You look hilarious. I'm, I'm very. Well, I'm Do well I dunk the whole you know. thing? There we go. I'm a heart pounding. It's like how much wax is too much wax, though? That's probably too much. Let's get it on just before it cools. Give people some commentary because people will be listening as well. Oh. So Lucy's currently just putting the wax. It looks like is... a lot of wax. Yeah, but I don't know how else you're supposed to do it. Let's there go. You go. Get up that nose, mate. Come on. Oh my god, I'm so scared. Carl, oh, do you want this one? It's gone not hard a chance. You have to do it again. It's gone. Oh, it's hard. not Ben. It's not gone hard. It is rock hard. It's not. It is. Oh, Ben, you've got to just do it straight away. You just got to get it on then. Pass me. It. Maybe you have to do this bit. Oh, so nervous, you know. There you go. That's, don't put too much on because it's going to go everywhere. There you go. That's too fair. That's not even too much. Look, it's all spilling over now. you got to do a little bit on the thing, Lucy. You're just absolutely what pounding it. What do you mean it. a little it's bit? It's like a I fucking shovel. How, how do I get it off now? You're going to have to use a new stick. Well, the other stick was already in use. No, have you got not got more than two? No, we only have two sticks. That's what I mean. It's, it's over... only the end bit that's going up. See, yeah, but look... I don't want it to get stuck to... Nah, but yeah, but how do, do you get it off? Okay, we'll have to forget about it because you've wrecked it. No, wait. I can like you can't get that off. No, that's what I mean. You've because you've, you've done it wrong. You've got it all on there. And it's gone really thick, so now it won't go up my nose. It will go up your nose. No, it's only the ball that's going up. Yeah, that I know because you've made it so up. thick. It can't get it off my nose. My can nose we, in a black hole. See. Thanks, Cal. Just the, tip. Just the tip. There you go. I mean, it still looks like it's all around, but it's not. That is just on the tip. There you go. Three, two, one. Straight up before it dries. Straight up. Oh. No, you're fine. You got it on the sticky bit. Straight up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How long did you leave it? A minute. A minute. What are the other one? I don't... But we destroyed the other... Oh, my gosh. This looks absolutely ridiculous. Does It, it smells actually really nice. That smells nice. really good. I've never really had a wax that smells like... I'm really I'm nervous. really nervous for you. Have you seen the few on TikTok where people do it with cotton wool and they put it up and the, the thing doesn't I come out? I've got some moustache in there. Have you? Yeah. You, we'll be able to just get that off later though. We don't have to pull that off. No, I think he just needs one. Well, I've got one hairy nostril. I'll clip the other one. I'm very concerned. You're going to have to pull that out. Now. Now? Cal, when does he pull it out? Now. I'm, I'm Ben. I'm ben. No, Cal, I think it's... I think we see how the first one goes. Okay. You ready? You're going to have to give it a lot of force. Oh, me. Three, two, one. <gasps> oh, you fucking bastard. Give me the other one. Fuck it. Give me the other one. That is absolutely... I can smell better. What is that? 
god, you can see it by the room. Let me show your camera. Hey, if, you, if you've got a <gasps> Benjamin, if you've got a weekend, um, baby powder habit, I can oh sniff well gosh. better now. How you can do that stuff? That is. Let me show people on the camera. That is oh. very impressive. <gasps> can people can see? There you go. Oh my god. Does it? Did that actually hurt? You were a bit fearless then. I've got, I've got a high pain threshold. No, I don't know if it's the high pain threshold. I would imagine getting your balls waxed. Yeah, I've had that done. When have you had I'll your balls waxed? I'll explain the story waxed? in a minute. I've got this up my nostril. You, we should do. We should wax your bum cheeks. Hey, get that off my lips. Sorry, I was just showing everybody. Cal, do you want to hold oh, that? This, this one feels more horrible. <laughs> Cal, I don't know where to put it. That is not in my job description. Cal, pass us the foil. <laughs> oh fuck, that one is on a mustache. It's oh, not. You're it fine. Is. Your eyes are watering. Let me put it back in the foil. This is so chaotic. I have never... This is worse than when I made my bowl of oats. Are you ready? No, it's not ready. Okay. I don't think it's... Actually, that one might be a little bit on your oh, moustache. Cal! Right. That's not even a funny joke because Cal has actually got us through like an hour podcast for and then yeah. been like, guys, I've not been recording. Cal, I threw up in my mouth then. <laughs> I was about to stick wax your eyebrows. You're about to your fucking head. wax cow's bum hole. Cow was about to be as bold as a worm. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Three. Do you two. Want, do you want to do this one? Absolutely not. I don't think I pull it hard enough. Three. Three two. I can't do this one. Yeah, you have to do it. I can't pull that. You can't. Are you taking the piss? Okay, I'm gonna have to move my mic. Three, two, one. Oh, oh, wow! Look at that. <sighs> Hey, your moustache is perfect though. You didn't get any. Can you? Oh God, I'm a free man. You don't even. You don't even need what? What do you? Olibus up your nose. Look at that. That is fucking impressive. Do you know it's quite tempting to do mine, but I don't really have nostril hair that kind of like sticks out. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Been that. Okay, it's gone hard anyway, so I don't think we'd use it again. Sure but I. well done, that was a nice little surprise. I think your whole yeah. nose looks really fantastic. Look, does my face look different? <laughs> you can't see your nostril hairs coming out the end. Yeah, no, nose is probably swollen to death. <laughs> no, it's great. You can carry on now oh, with what God. you were going to say okay. about I'm gonna, 15 minutes we'll ago. We'll give you a quick joke. I haven't had one for a while. Okay. you guys. That was already hilarious though. Straight face. Mm-hmm. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hawaii. How are you, who? I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> who are you, who? How are you, who? <laughs> Fucking hell, Ben. That's not funny. Some, I think some jokes, you think I don't get it, and yeah, sometimes I don't get it, but some just aren't funny. I'd say 88.2% of the time you don't get the jokes. Cal, Cal didn't laugh. That he did, he was laughing Cal did not laugh. Well, I didn't find that funny. You're not hilarious, Ben. Great. Carry on. Carry on. Or, or do you want me to start discussing one no, of the No, I think topics? one of the things I was actually going to mention, I know this is probably a week late for people listening because we record the podcast a week week behind, but it was the... A week ahead. A week ahead, sorry. Because we're that organized. Is the Anthony Joshua fight that was at the weekend. Yeah. Obviously a lot of controversy surrounding that. A lot of people who were very unhappy with Anthony Joshua for what he did, I think he stole a lot of the moment from Usage. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. And... Yeah, there's a lot of people angry with him, basically. The thing that I want to bring up is he, he it's kind of being understood that he had a bit of a meltdown in the ring. He came out and said a lot of things that were obviously off the cuff at the moment of how he was feeling, very angry. He put a lot of preparation into the fight, and I think he'd probably been struggling with his own mental health. Did he more, say that? More than people had kind of realised, and I think people around him had come out and said the same, the same thing. But the thing that happened immediately after that, the media came out the next day. There was an onslaught. There's memes everywhere of him. There's lots of videos online on TikTok and Instagram. I'm having, and I think what we do with a lot of UK and British athletes is we build them up onto this pedestal. We like to watch them do well from a young age. Anthony Josh has been one of the pinnacles of British boxing. He's been a role model to a, a lot of young males, and we've watched him rise up, and we loved watching him. But what the British public love more than watching someone come up is watching someone fall. And it's really sad to see, especially when last week, or sorry, a couple of weeks before, we've just been applauding Paddy the Baddy for coming out and, and, and talking about mental health and him raising the awareness on people coming out and speaking about men's mental health. Mm. And as soon as we see a, a British athlete, a young, strong, athletic male 
have a have a meltdown in the ring. We just throw abuse at him. That's fucking sickening to see. I think as well, people don't people watch all these professional sports, people who they absolutely love. They're not that person. They don't really know what they're going through mentally, physically, the amount of hard work. And as she said, his mental health probably wasn't in the best place and he's had this instant reaction, which is probably a lot of like sadness as well from losing the fight and however he felt. And it's all been on national TV. And that's when everyone says like, yeah, but he chose himself to like put himself out there and do that. That's fine. Of course he did. He's a public figure. He's very well known. But there's no reason why people should start joking, pissing around and making memes of someone when they've clearly had that kind of reaction. I understand where some of the critics have come from. I haven't personally seen everything. It, it, so it, the, Obviously the critics as well are there because Usage has just won. He's now... Uh, He's, he's the champion of, I can't remember what the other division was, or the other belt was, but he's won this fight. He's put in the hard work. He's Ukrainian. He had the Ukrainian flag. It was a big night about Ukraine as well, and it's kind of been stolen away from that that um, that moment. Mm. But the people who are leaving these comments and, and, and giving him a load of shit don't know what he's been through. I've never worked 10%, even 1% as hard as probably Anthony Joshua has done to get to where he is today. And they'll never understand that. Do you think a few of the comments are coming from like sportsmanship might have been down a little bit in, in terms of what you said there about, sorry, I can't remember, how do you say the other guy's name? Usic. Usic. He's just won the Ukrainian flag. Amazing for the country, for him. And then rather Anthony Joshua going up, shaking his hand, being sport, sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. He's shown a different side to him. So I can probably see where a few of the comments have come from that yeah. area. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you just can't be making can, jokes. If you watch the video, though, you can see where he just loses it. I've not actually seen the you video. Can see I should his probably face. watch it. You can it. see when it goes. You can see where the anger builds up. You can see he's just, he's not, he's not his normal, cool headed, assured self. He's mm. lost it. He's completely gone past the point of rational thought. And he's going to have to come out now and make a statement about it. Do you know what I mean? He's going to have to... He was, crying in an, he was crying in an interview afterwards. Yeah, that's really sad. But he'll have to make a statement. I don't know what he'll say, but... Can I touch on what I was going to talk about? So selfish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I like you go first. Mm, we actually both have this topic written down. Mm. How do you know? Because you told me before the podcast... You did? Did I? Yeah. Okay. I think I might have gone into it a little bit more detailed than you. It's basically, so Cal sent us an article the other week. So I don't actually know when this article came out, maybe a couple of weeks ago. It was last year. Oh, was it last year? Wow, really not in the know. Um, So Tess Holliday came out with a statement about her battle with anorexia. And Tess Holliday was on the cover of a lot of magazines where... She was talking about obesity, eating a lot of food. I think she's a, I, I think she's around 300 pounds. 400 pounds, I think she got to her heaviest. 400 pounds at her heaviest and her BMI of 46, did we say, Cal? Um, so overweight, so scientifically that is morbidly obese and you, you cannot argue with the science. So she came out with this statement that she has been diagnosed from a psychologist that she is anorexic. And when she first heard the diagnosis, it was very confusing to her. And she always thought she overate. But then people in her life said they ate more than Tess. Now, she received, obviously, I think obviously anyway, a lot of backlash from people who have had anorexia or who currently have anorexia. And her point was basically trying to say in this interview that I listened to, plus size for larger bodies with adversity. So there should be adversity for larger people with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Of course, eating disorders don't have a body type. Mm -hmm. You could be overweight and have an eating disorder. I don't think you can be overweight and be anorexic because the actual definition of anorexia is having a very, very low BMI, like under what it should be, so under normal, where you look at yourself in the mirror and you have very bad body dysmorphia, you think you're fat, and you literally starve yourself, you don't eat. People with anorexia, the thought of eating is absurd to them and they don't want to eat. And I can 100% agree with these people who are anorexic and who haven't had an eating disorder, and they're looking at her being like, shut the fuck up. Because how can you say that? 
She's been she's actually been diagnosed with atypical anorexia, which is a type of eating disorder where patients, mostly females, present with restricted behaviours and fear of weight gain, but don't meet the low weight criteria seen in anorexia nervosa. It's a different type of anorexia she's been diagnosed with. But she didn't say that in the interview. I, I think that's what I think. But that's why it's so confused. So why didn't she say that in the interview? That's what she's been. It's a different type of anorexia. So atypical anorexia is what she's been diagnosed with. Atypical anorexia. Yeah. So a... But I, th- I think this is where it's quite a, it's quite a diverse conversation. It's quite a, a tricky conversation because. But that's in atypical anorexia is characterized by refusal to eat, purging, excessive weight loss, and distorted body image. Yeah. But I don't really understand the refusal to eat and the excessive weight loss. She could be purging and she could have distorted body image one hundred percent, but she's overweight so how does she fit into the category that i don't understand it so you can be overweight and have anorexia with atypical anorexia so do you then stop eating so that's why there's such a crossover bulimia with it as well so i, I think she's in that interview that she did on i think it was gmb mm-hmm. she said some things that were really unclear and it's probably got a lot of people's backs up because it's not fully transparent of what she's saying because there's a couple of quotes in there that i picked out she said and this was in one of the articles that was written up. I've regressed. I haven't eaten today. Um, it's 11 o'clock and I've had two sips of coffee and I feel sick. So, okay. That sounds like most people in the UK. A lot of people don't eat until 11 or 12 o'clock. So, I don't think that's a, a symptom of, of anorexia. The other thing, thing that she said was that I am fat because I'm starving myself, which is bullshit. Because... What she probably should have came out and said is that I'm starving myself to, for days to a point where then I purge and just eat loads of food. That so would that have been, could be bulimia. That, it, that's why it's got such a crossover with bulimia. Mm-hmm. So she she was starving herself. There's no way that you can starve yourself and put on weight. That was the, the thing that I think Ben, who was doing the interview on GMB, was kind of trying to argue the point for that. There's this myth that you can eat too little to put on weight and he was kind of believing it it's bullshit the simple science is that you if you're eating a lot of food and not putting on weight you must be doing a lot of exercise or training a lot so that's bullshit um i think so i think jith is just reading the comments from that interview from a few people who have recovered or who have had anorexia and a lot of people were saying when they were anorexic because I've never been anorexic, so I can't say, so this is an example of what someone said. She posted a video of herself eating an entire cake. When I was anorexic, I was scared to eat a cough drop and it took me 45 minutes to get through a fraction of an apple. I was force fed through a tube. Don't you dare tell me this woman who's clearly over 300 pounds has anorexia. Could she have another eating disorder? Which is a valid comment because 100%, if she is atypical anorexic, Say it in the interview because why would you go out and make a statement? Because saying you're anorexic is a false statement. But atypical anorexia, she absolutely could have. So this is even me. I've watched the interview, taken in it a, a whatever she said from the interview, and have said to you, and you say, "Hold up, she's got atypical." But how did you know that? That was atypical. Yeah, could have read up on it. Yeah. Do you guys think there's a problem in that they've just called it anorexia? If it was something other than the word anorexia, people wouldn't have such an emotional Yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think the thing that she's done is, so this is a 400 plus pound woman obsessed with her weight for years and obsessed with gaining more weight because it's helped to really heighten her career and she's made a living off it. Probably chose to lose weight by some extreme route because she's been told she's not healthy um, of eating, eating probably literally nothing. And probably some form of exercise, and then developed really bad habits around eating and food because then she's chose to to lose weight, and now has 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 gone to speak to a psychologist or doctor, which, and potentially she's then give the criteria which fits the book to be labelled or something, so then she can come out with it. And there's been there's been a lot of people who have said she's done it to be relevant, which I think is potentially harsh not knowing the full ins and outs of it, but it's potentially true. Like losing weight is actually really difficult, especially if you're severely overweight, because if you're severely overweight, it's really bad habits that have got you there over time. So reversing that is is really difficult and super hard. The one the one thing though that I think that she is probably doing and has done 
and it happens a lot with with people with eating disorders and we see it in a different way in the fitness industry is that people who fail to lose weight or through weight loss fall into bad habits like tests potentially has Mm -hmm. develop eating disorders and then lean into kind of anti-diet culture culture push back hard against um something because they failed at weight loss instead of doing this i believe that people should use those experiences to as a means to help other people Mm -hmm. not push their experiences on other people and i think it was really interesting because chris wills was talking about this it was something that was called the inner citadel so the inner citadel basically means, or it leads into something which means for people who have something like a goal, you can fail at that goal. And then what people tend to do is they, they push back against it. So it's it's like, if you can't win, you change the rules of the game. So what I mean is, if, and what how this happens in health and fitness sometimes is that for people who can't lose weight or fail to lose weight, they then change the rules of the game or they change what they believe they really want. And then what they say they want is, oh, I want this. I want to eat loads. Or, I want to push back at, at diet culture because it made me this mm-hmm. way. And then they change the rules of the game because they then take on something which is potentially easier to adopt and that makes them feel better about themselves. So they then are completely opposing to what they first out to do. Yeah, I, th- I was just reading up on the whole... The thing that I really struggle with, I 100% after you've explained to me that it was atypical anorexia and eating disorders don't have a body shape. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's you, there's, it's not, you could be underweight, you could be a standard weight, you could be overweight. Every interview it pops up, it says nearly a year and a half I've been diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. So they're, they're in the media. That's what's probably fucking her up. They're calling it anorexia nervosa, which is being a significantly low body weight mm-hmm. and not eating. So that's where the issue is. And she should say, hang on, it's not it's not anorexia, it's atypical anorexia. And she should be explaining that to people because that's why she'd be getting backlash. Okay. Do, do you know okay, what I mean? Okay, interesting question though. Do you to... think she avoids calling it atypical anorexia because then it gets more media attention? Well, if she does, that's a very silly thing to do. Because just a question. Should... I'm not saying that's what she does. Just raising the question. Yeah, I, I mean, she should just call it what it is. Don't call it what do you anorexia think about nervosa, Cal? call it atypical anorexia, because even I didn't have a clue. Yeah, I think she's doing the thing which we find a lot on social media and trying to get clicks. But the problem is when you're doing it for like, um, if you're just riling people up and it's just like an opinion they have, then it's one thing and people can get pissed off about it, sure. But when you're riling people up about a, a diagnosis that can kill people, when anorexia mm-hmm. can literally end people's lives and does regularly, I, I think like, Calling it that in order to get attention and getting clicks is pretty reprehensible. I don't think it's acceptable in any in any way, to be honest. I think yeah. what you're doing is just awful. But I also think atypical anorexia is a serious eating disorder. There's yeah, yeah, So why wouldn't you be comfortable saying the words atypical in front of it? Because I can 100% appreciate the comments on that YouTube video were really sad because not once did it mention atypical anorexia. All these people commenting like, hi, um, I have anorexia. I'm really underweight. I've been in care. And I feel sad for those people because mm. they're, that's not what she has. She has atypical. I didn't even know and I lashed out then at the start, didn't I? Because that's what I, I mean. Really, it's a, it's I was more really frustrated. And to be fair, the, I think the, if you look at maybe the positives to take away from it is there's, there's going to open up conversation for people who are potentially overweight who mm. do have eating disorders because people will stereotypically think if you, if you have an eating disorder, then you're, un, you're underweight. Same with me when I had that non-pairs bulimia. I was putting on weight like mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was just binge eating and then over exercising, but I was putting on weight. Yeah, because you weren't burning as much. as And you people will probably consuming. look at me and be like, "How's it? How's he got an eating disorder? He's yeah. big guy, muscly." Like, I, I think it kind of opens up a topic of conversation around people of different body sizes who mm-hmm. can have eating disorders. However, do I really like Tess Holdy anyway? No, I don't think what she stands for is good. I don't think that you. I don't think there's any such thing as healthy at any size at all. I don't think that you can be really really overweight and be healthy maybe some really real severe differing circumstances you could be i don't think you can be the the world's biggest bodybuilder in the world mr olympias aren't healthy i think you can be super super thin and be healthy they just don't i don't think any where you take any extreme there's going to be an adverse effect to health 
yeah, I can even vouch for that. When I ran my 100K the last two weeks, I was not at my healthiest. I may have been very fit and well to run 100K. I was not healthy. I, I, I dropped weight so quick. So I wouldn't say that was a healthy weight for me and I've put on four kilos and I'm already back at a more healthy weight and more comfortable. The other thing as well is that you don't know what is going through kind of people's heads when they're coming out with stuff or what the, the meat, their, their real intentions are with stuff. And yeah. the, the, what I mean by that is if you look at a lot of these kind of plus size women who have built up a real cult around their weight being big and beautiful and healthy at any size, etc., etc. As soon as that type of person tries to lose weight, what happens? They get a massive backlash from happened people. Happened to Lizzo, didn't it? Happened to Lizzo. Look, biggest case, Adele. Adele, yeah, she, she lost got ridiculed. forty or fifty pounds. Yeah, and she she said she was felt fitter, she felt healthier, she was sleeping better, she had a better quality of life. But people were backlashing her because she lost the weight. She even said, because I trained like Adele, didn't I? When me and Cal were looking into her weight loss, she said in the media that she's losing weight to be a healthier version of herself. So I even think then, I think Adele just wanted to lose weight. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to lose a bit of weight, which is fine. But she was too scared to say publicly, I want to lose weight. And instead she said, I would like to be a healthier version. So she's hedged it a little bit because she's scared to say, I'd like to lose a bit of weight to be at this body weight because I feel better like that. And there's that whole stigma of why can't people come out and say yeah. that as a statement because it's it's a goal. I think the thing is then people come out and like, we're celebrating thinness. It's And it's not about that. Celebrating th- thinness and people not finding fat attractive is two different things. Two different things. Mm. People, What people, what one individual finds attractive is different from each individual. And just because you don't find something attractive doesn't mean you're celebrating thinness. It's mm. not black and white. It's not It's not opposing objects. It's just differing opinions. And again, it was interesting to listen to Joe Rogan and Chris talk about the Adele topic a little bit as well because they were saying she had some raving fans and they loved it because she had this voice that nobody else had and it was celebrated. But as soon as she did the one thing that anyone could do, backlash mm. because then they knew she she had done something that anyone could do mm. anyone anyone and i say this what it means anyone can lose weight so the moment that that happens and celebrated by someone who's big in the world popular in the world a role model in the world it then shines a light onto people to say that you could fucking do this. Mm. And then what often happens is people hit back at that because it puts pressure on them or it makes them look at themselves because they could never have a, a voice like Adele, ever. No. So it didn't matter. It didn't put. It didn't shine a light on them because they were never going to have it. So they celebrated the thing that was out of their control. It's actually really sad when you think about it, isn't it? When someone makes a personal choice yeah. to achieve a fitness goal. Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. Last January, when we launched our January challenge, as you do, and we don't care what our members' goals are. Some people want to run half marathons. Some people want to build muscle. Some people do want to lose weight and lose fat. And we're like, cool, great, stunning. The amount of backlash from people on Instagram in the very, very far end of body positivity, they absolutely bash people's goals. And I'm like, you can't bash someone's goal. Nobody would bash your goal. Let someone have their own opinion. Let someone achieve what they wish to achieve. Again, the important thing with that is to address it's it's always the people extremes. It's not that's it's, what I mean. That's yeah, what I'm it's on not the it's not everyone from inside the body positivity community. It's not everyone from inside the anti diet movement because there's a lot of good people singing a good message from a hymn sheet. There, it's always the extremists. Mm. It's always the extremists from the diet culture. It's always the extremists. The two polar opposites are colliding, and then people get tainted or painted with the same same brush, and. I've got I've gone off topic now what you're saying but the people who are not real anti-diet extremist if you look at a lot of them they are people who have failed to lose weight and now have changed the rule of the game to choose something which better fits or is easier for them to stick to Ooh. see it all the time in fitness strong statement I can name a lot of people right now who mm. do it and they push stuff down people's throat of just eat just do whatever you want like I saw something even something again totally off topic Molly May was doing it oh, she was saying something like it's, it's fine to have a bad day. It's fine to have a bad week. It's fine to have a bad month. It's fine to have a bad year. Why is it fine to have a bad year? Why would you just want to suffer 
for a year and say it's fucking fine, it's not fine. If you're having a bad year, you need to change something. You need to take some action. I think just telling people it's fine just to feel like shit all the time is really demoralizing. Yeah, I understand a bad day, a bad week when you're going through a yeah, rough patch. Yeah, 100%. A bad year, but also that's really hard coming for, coming from her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, but Molly, you're not having a bad year. Like, yeah. you've got a really fucking If you're year. having that much of a bad long time, there's certain habits and routines that you need to change in your life to change that situation that you're in. But that is a really interesting thing for her to say, I feel. Again, I think she says some shit and I'm just like, fucking... I, I like the girl, but... Yeah, no, I, I do I think that, but that just sounds very... some stupid shit. Very interesting thing to say, but it's... Even with, like, diet culture or whatever you call it, we, we say to people, please don't cut out carbs. You need carbs, that energy. Please don't just do a juice cleanse. That doesn't mean we're on the hard end of the spectrum. We're just knowledgeable and understand the bullshit in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the people who really, really take it to the extremes and who unfortunately they have the loudest voices you yeah. just can't quite fucking mute them can you turn down the volume you just can't because they're so but then obviously on the other end of the spectrum you've got it you've got it both ways and then when you sat in the middle it's a bit like hmm okay. like well, what do you do another interesting point of conversation about different opinions is a question that we had for this week's conversation this is gonna cause some debate oh for goodness wow we spoke about it before thoughts on andrew tate hate him i don't like him he's a misogynistic cow <laughs> no i seriously i've never heard another man be called a cow though that's interesting because i'm not crude enough to say like the c word but i i personally don't like the way he's created some sort of cult uh. for young men i don't think he's a role model for young men i believe more so someone like jordan peterson understandably pretty great damn role model for role model role model for a lot of young guys Mm -hmm. there's some things that he said that i categorically don't agree with which is absolutely fine but there's some things and i can see the draw for young guys for jordan peterson however andrew tate saying women are property and with it he takes misogyny to the whole nother level and the way he's so clever He's a clever businessman, clearly. I can't take that away from him. The way he has these thousands of like people, young boys, creating accounts for him is disturbingly clever. And the, the thing is, with Andrew Tate... Awfully clever. He's... And it's the same with like any cult. So if you've got like extreme fen- feminists, they've, they've got these ideologies that will appeal to a certain demographic. And by being really extreme, it will pull this demographic into their kind of little pool or their cult so he's just done that he's he's kind of pulled vulnerable young males into this cult and sort of brainwashing them into believing a set, certain thing and it's a it's a cult of misogynistic men mm. the i think the thing it's unfortunate with it is that for someone who who is obviously very intelligent and sometimes speaks a lot of sense is overshadowed by extreme bullshit extremism and sexism which washes away a lot of his message because there's 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 some things that he does or says that i respect i don't like him but you can like or not like someone but you don't always have to disagree with every single thing that they say if that makes sense I personally chose to just not absorb anything he was saying. No, I know, but I what I mean is like there, there might be people who sit and listen to this today, and will be you may not may may not agree with some of the things that I am saying, but to completely write me off, that would be crazy because we can agree on a lot of things. I, I think Andrew Tate oversteps the mark by just being misogynistic and extreme in a, in a lot of ways. But what I'm saying is, I there's some things he said i'm like i agree with that like what um i can't think off the top of my head now let me try and think he has said i know i'm right i'm saying can i just give you a quote i'm saying okay can i just say i don't agree with what he is saying what he stands for there's some things that he has said which i'm like i agree Mm. can i just say two things that he has said yeah he also thinks rape victims must bear responsibility for their attacks and dates women aged 18 to 19 because he can make an imprint on them. Yeah, no, he says Disgusting. There's one, Carl, what was one that you told me the other day? It's literally disgusting. Yeah, uh, so one thing that I saw is that there was a, a guy who'd been quite critical of Andrew Tate for a while, was doing a fundraiser for his son who had 
uh, a strange form of cancer. Um, and then Andrew Tate saw that this person who was critical of him in the past was fundraising to save his kid and needed 60 grand. Andrew Tate message saying, I've spent four times that amount on a car today that I don't even need. Does it make you feel like a failure of a man knowing that I can spend £200,000 on a car that I'm never going to drive and you can't spend 60 grand to save your son? Um, and then he said, you know what? If you send me a video of you begging for the money, I'll send it to you, but it means nothing to me. Uh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. What a wanker. That's, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the thing that's so annoying with Andrew Tate. He's very intelligent and sometimes speaks sense. And he just ruins it all by being a total see you next Tuesday. He could have been a, a, a good role model for young males. Yeah. But he chose to be, he chose to just want to blow up on social media instead. I mean, the thing is, like, Hitler had some good. This is the comparison that I made the other day. Yeah, he had some good good policies. Like, he was put in Germany first, blah, blah, blah. And then he went and killed all the Jews. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I used Hitler as an example the other day. He, was, he did great things for the German economy, but then he killed all the Jews. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can, that's what I mean by, like, you can see someone as a complete arsehole and wanker, but then say, oh, what you said there, that makes sense. I think I personally, just so I can't argue back with that because I personally chose to not even follow a single thing to do with him. Like when you had him on, you were watching an interview or something with him. I just left the room because I was like, I don't really, I don't really do care. Do you know what it's like sometimes though? It's like watching a circus. You're like looking in, you're like, you're fucking, it's like, I don't really like agree, but like it's fucking, what's mm. going on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I don't know if that's me being... No, but if I was, if I at the same time, if I was a woman... The, the person being offended most of the time by these misogynistic comments i would definitely be fucking fuming and it, mm. some of the stuff pisses me off but I, and i can understand where you you're coming from 100 percent. because that's not me not willing to learn no, i wouldn't you've had a, you've had a lot of people who you put on youtube on the tv who i don't like jordan peterson for example there's some things that i just don't agree with, but i will sit and listen to him and try and understand his points i will either agree or disagree andrew tate i don't want to learn from him i don't want to understand his points of view because i just don't agree with them which is fine because he makes vile comments yeah, as well that's what i mean where so, jordan peterson doesn't make vile comments no he's, he's not sexist mm. yeah so he's a very but he's i mean andrew tate's social media has been taken off him his what, instagram yeah. and his youtube so don't the, really it, this, this kind of brings up other debate doesn't it about like cancel culture and stuff as well well, that's the really hard thing because what he, what he's done on TikTok, he doesn't have a TikTok account. No, he's got There's thousands accounts. of little followers he's got who would who create accounts you know for the, the him. The difficult thing is like how far do you take that cancel culture thing? Because this this female, um, f- sorry, this feminist extremist on on social media saying like all men should be dead, so saying worse things than than Andrew Tate is who don't get deplatformed. Yeah, see, that's can't say that. You can't say that. This is what I mean with the extremists. Why do people have to be really extreme? Just trying on... You don't have to agree with everything. We don't agree on everything. It'd be a sad place if we did. Yeah, how boring would that be? Well, actually, this is a very interesting topic that I kind of goes on to. And this discussion myself and Kyle had just before the podcast. So me and Kyle were talking about contraception. And female contraception and taking it and things like that and i said i never share what i'm personally on on social media because i personally am on contraception at the moment i don't share what it is because i've never had issues with what i'm on but if i said that on social media and then someone else was like oh yeah lucy davis had it so i'm gonna have it but then they had side effects i think that's really poor i think you have to be very careful with what form of contraception you choose to share on social media if you are on it Everyone's on it for personal reasons. I'm on it because currently at the moment I don't want to get pregnant, which is fine. It's a chosen decision to make and also some other personal things that why I chose to go on it that I wouldn't want to share the form. But why what... do you feel you have to justify why you're taking it? I don't know. I just... I, I'm, more so I had personal reasons why I went on it in the first place okay. that I wouldn't share. I could, but I just, you know, like two mm-hmm. periods and things like that. So I'm on it, but I don't share what the form is just because I don't want to be that person. But then me and Kyle had a very interesting conversation. So male contraception. I feel there's a lot of pressure on women only to 
to be on contraception, to if you're not trying for a baby, to be on something to not get pregnant, to mm-hmm. use condoms, whatever. So for guys to use condoms or for guys to have a vasectomy are the only two things a guy can do. What, weren't they developing some kind of pill, which is almost like a male form of contraception? So this is what me and Cal spoke about before, but they didn't follow through with it, did they not, Cal? No, because the men started to have some side effects. Uh, I'll list them. Shout out if any of these sound familiar to you, Lucy. Weight gain, mm-hmm. irritability, mm-hmm. Uh, bad skin, mm-hmm. acne, um, and mood swings. Well, mood swings, yeah. So that's really difficult, isn't it? Because that is when a lot of women go on contraception, they are the side effects. Yeah. They are the side effects. But don't some females go on contraception as well to almost regulate hormones yeah hormone regulation some people go in it for acne people go on contraception for a lot of different reasons but i think the most common one is to not get pregnant that might not be correct but i do believe the most common reason is to not get pregnant and it's just very strange to me that they stop moving forward with this pill thing that a guy could take because of those side effects, when those side effects are pretty much in every single form of contraception for women. And women just put up with it. Do, do you think women that... just go on contraception for 10, 15 years because guys don't want to wear a condom. Do you think that could be like a financial reason though in terms of, okay, we're looking at this reason and no men are going to buy it? Or no... You don't buy it. Okay, well, you just, some, some, at the end of the day, someone's buying NHS. it. NHS. They're, they're buying it. In what way? The NHS are buying it. Pharmacies are buying it. There's going to be no demand for it because men aren't going to use it. See, that's... Do you not think what you're saying there, there is a massive issue? I'm saying I'm giving a reason why I think they could have pulled the plug on it. Because what I think is they'll think... Uh, uh, they might be even looking at research. They may have looked at it and gone out and, I don't know, did some field research and asking men would they use it. <laughs> 70 I'm just making up numbers here, by the way. I could be wrong. Because it said 70% of males said they're not going to use it. So they used that field research and said, we're going to pour millions into developing a pill for men that they're not going to take. Are we going to sell this to the NHS or pharmacies? No. Okay, pull a plug on it. Yeah, but of course they're going to say they're not going to take it because they know their fucking girlfriend's going to take it. I know. I'm not saying that's right. I'm sa- I'm trying to get into the mindset or look at why potentially they pulled the plug on it. Do you know why they did pull the plug on it, Cal? Yeah, there were just some side effects that the, the men deemed like too much or whatever um there there was another one there's there's another type of contraception that's been uh, advertised in the last months is this the shiggly balls yeah so you can give your testicles a bath what do you think about this ben uh i'll put the image up on screen i think you can see it yeah um yeah so basically you just dunk your balls inside there and then a little warming it looks like something you charge your phone on yeah literally and then there's like an ultrasonic uh pulse for about three or four minutes and then you don't produce sperm for six months. I don't think that's going to take off. Why not? There's this whole thing, and I'm always really skeptical skeptical about, about putting my, my phone too close to my dick. Never mind putting my balls in a, something that looks like a phone charger. Do you know what I mean? It just it signals around the balls, phone near the balls. It's not very natural, is it? I know taking tablets isn't very natural, but that just seems even more unnatural from a outsider point of view, and I know fuck all about that, by the way. I don't think that seems that unnatural because you're not actually taking any hormones that go into your body, whereas contraception, you are taking hormones. That's the only thing. It's just really interesting. Like, you've always been amazing with, if I've said, like, look, I'm going to come off contraception, which I actually am in a couple of months anyway, strap on. Do you know what I mean? You've never, ever... What do you mean, strap on? Wear a condom. Yeah, not fucking strap on. Sorry. Rewind that. Can we clarify that to the listeners, please? You've never worn a strap on. Yeah, I meant put a condom yeah. on. You have never had an issue with that. You were like, yeah, ab- like honestly, absolutely fine. Whatever you want to do, because I've I was on contraception when we met. Mm-hmm. It was never really a conversation that we had. But you were from the start. You were actually very, very positive and always like, if you ever want to come, just we'll have the conversation. Very open. I know some people, even some of my friends, they won't come off because their partner doesn't want to wear a condom. Yeah, that is where there's a lot of issues, and I wish there was some way that um, like girls could or women can talk to their other half and say, look, I want to come off contraception because the way it's making me feel, would you be okay? You don't even have that conversation. I, I think it'd be good. Some, I put a story up 
this week about potential guests in the future on the podcast and someone said like a hormone specialist i think it'd be really good yeah if we had someone in the know to come on and speak about it 100 percent, because it is really hard we don't know that i don't know enough about I it i know quite a bit about it but in at, my at the same research... time though, if there was if there was some kind of pill and it being tested and done the research i don't see why guys couldn't take something if the women are taking something but if you knew the side effects with mood swings acne potential weight gain all the others that come with form why should women just have it though there you go that's the response we need it is like a very interesting topic of conversation and it is all very individual to the person as i said people take it for super specific reasons or some people just take it because they want to take mm-hmm. it whether you do or don't you shouldn't have an opinion on what another woman does but i do think there needs to be that conversation or something needs to happen it was actually the the reason this topic came about more so because there's an article that i read that is really new with advances in clinical studies evaluating male contraceptions and the laws restricting abortion access from the Roe versus Wade overturned in the US, male contraception has been getting increased attention because obviously now it shouldn't just be the woman hmm. who has to, I guess, like be more careful and not get pregnant if she doesn't want to have a baby. Because obviously now in certain states in the US, you can't have an abortion. So I think that's why it's obviously started to come up more and people talk about it. Okay, so women are doing this. What can guys do? I, I was meaning to ask something about that. You know the abortion thing? Yeah, Roe versus Wade. I'm sure that it's it's been something that's brought up. I don't know if you can say it on Google or something, Carl. What about rape victims? I, no, I, I think that's... Yeah, so um, rape victims still have to carry the baby to the time. That's why, oh. that's why Roe so versus Wade is Even if you so have a, a pregnant... Yeah, so sorry, like a week after the um, it was overturned, um, several months ago, there was an 11-year-old girl who was raped and uh, raped by a family member i think and she went to a doctor and they said well you're not allowed to go i mean you feel fucking sick yeah. that you know luckily she was able to travel to a, a less conservative part of the country how is how is that not being thought about when they've the, the whole thing's fucking scandalous anyway but then the fact that they've enforced it as law but not thought about potential um like a criminal activity raping someone the thing is they have thought about it i saw an interview where one of the people who pushed this through in america said that um murder doesn't um make rape better so you can't solve rape by murdering a, a fetus yeah awful they, so they do think about like it. imagine that your daughter's being raped she's she's psychologically got to live with that for the rest of her life and then now has to carry the the um child of a rapist but it's also things like that a child of 11 is not developed to bear a baby you're 11 you're not fully developed until you're 18 you're 11 yeah you like carrying a, it really awful so that article the one that i read actually came out on the 4th of august this year talking about there needs to probably be something done as well for male contraception as well mm-hmm. as rather than just having a vasectomy is where you snip snip and you can then obviously never have, kids. never have kids or you wear a condom. Which So basically, one of the only things you can really do is wear a condom. But I just thought that was a very important topic yeah, just I agree. to kind of share. And also as well, because we are a guy and a girl, it's getting that perspective. I've been in previous relationships where straight away, one of my exes was like, so you, are you going to go on the pill? I was like, no, I'm not going to go on the pill. Mm-hmm. That, that shouldn't be the first question when you date someone is, oh, you're going to go on the pill. Are you going to wear a condom? I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Big, big topic. Big topic. <sighs> hey, breathing after that topic, it gets me a, bit, it gets me a little bit rattled up. As I'm, as I'm sure it probably should, should and mm. it will do with a lot of other people, mm-hmm. to get you less rattled up. Mm. Why are you putting a monster can near me? I thought you were about to make me drink some monster. No. Not again. No. When are you at your happiest? <laughs> when am I at my happiest? Just is this wow, okay, very broad question. I think okay, so I can think of a, a point when I was, which is probably it. I don't I don't necessarily mean a place or a thing. It could be a it could be multi multifaceted in terms of it could be well when you're doing something, it could be where you're somewhere it could be something that you do daily 
it could be it could be anything but it doesn't have to be like a, a memory no it's just the the memory describes it okay so mine's being sat with all of my family okay nice. in a room mm-hmm. so i was thinking of anglesey at gramps's 90th birthday when we were all laughing mm-hmm. and just sat in that room that is me at my happiest when i'm really around you and family it's really it's nice yeah and just really laughing you know when you laugh so much like you nearly wet yourself mm-hmm. god me and Loz had that the other day we were fucking crying that I was at my happiest then with Lozzy. We were honestly crying. We both said to each other, oh my God, I've not laughed so much in ages. <laughs> we're really talking about some funny shit as well. But I think laughing for me, you know, with like the laughing where you can't control Stop. it. I fucking love to laugh. <laughs> I think it's great. It makes you feel so good. Yeah, so like those two. I, was, I did a almost half marathon yesterday. I was, I was thinking about this whilst I was running. Mm-hmm about when i'm at my happiest and i don't think it needs to be like a whole day or a thing it doesn't have to be a thing or something that's dictated around the thing i was trying to think of like because from the book that we've been reading the the big thing that i've taken away from it is that being happy is just the absence of unhappy yeah, that was one of the strong quotes in the book as yeah. well. Yeah, and I think for me that was not being on the phone. What's that noise? Is that a cow? Oh my God, I literally thought there was Just a cow mooing outside. Massively interrupted my chain of thought. No, Thank sorry, you. we're talking about... Yeah. Not being on the phone, being mm. in the fresh air, having a clear head, being in an open space, being around greenery, lakes, countryside, relaxed, that is having any kind of stress taking up taken away is when i'm at my happiest so i was i was thinking one of the things that really makes me happy now is running Mm. because i get all those things Mm -hmm. i get to not be on my phone not doing emails not doing messages not having pop-ups not having notifications i'm in the fresh air got a clear head i'm in green spaces i've got beds around me and all I can think about is like putting one foot in front of the other mm. and what's around me. I, I enjoy running even more when it's me and you running as well because the people that you surround yourself with is obviously a big, big factor in being happy as well. I think that's why I, through this marathon prep, particularly I fell in love with running and I found some of the weight sessions actually harder than the running, which I didn't think would happen. And this kind of brings me onto the podcast that I was listening to yesterday whilst I was running as well. It was a podcast with the Liver King, which is really interesting because I've always just, I did a YouTube video on him and I always thought he was a bit of a character and he's a persona and he's not real, there's a bit of fakeness around him. And then I listened to him on this hour and a half podcast and there was a lot more about him. And the big things I was I was looking at was the, the things that he preaches with the, the nine tenants of ancestral living. So they are around sleep, getting better sleep, eating better food, non-processed foods, moving more, shielding. So I think that was about about like blocking out the shit. Shit, I think it was about that anyway. Um, yeah, shielding away from dangers. There was um, connecting with the earth. So take it, what, like if you notice now, I always just walk around in bare feet. Probably because my feet are so sore from fucking running all the time. You don't walk around in bare feet outside. No, I know I don't. It's all in the house and stuff. I and that as a kid. Get cold. So taking in some of the some of the elements. Mm-hmm. Get sun. Mm-hmm. And then do something like hard to struggle, fight, win. As in like training. Yeah, and then the last one was bond, so like relationships. There's a lot of things within that that you can kind of take away from, especially when you are like some of those things whilst you're running and stuff. I mean, obviously not sleep and all that kind of stuff, but I'm eating better, I'm moving more. I'm not on my phone as much. I'm, uh, I'm disconnected from some other things. I'm running with you or other people, so I'm bonding more. Uh, I'm getting in sunlight. There's some form of struggle there and hardship. There's a lot of things that play into running that kind of fall into that as well. Yeah, I love running. I mean, maybe not as much at the moment. I'm struggling a little no, bit. No. But I obviously love running. I did it to a very high extent, and there was not really any points where I came back from when I was like, oh, disgusting there's probably like three of them i was like oh my god that was so bad mm-hmm. 
but you're always going to get that doesn't mean I still didn't want to do it and I wish I hadn't done it I'm always glad when I come back for a run no matter how hard it was that I actually got out and did it and that's the beauty of running you could be a beginner and go off and run 0.5k you could walk a bit of it you could just be starting or you could be running 100 miles it's so fantastic that you don't have you don't have to be the best runner you can just go out and get outside like I don't really like treadmill running I, I will don't. always try and avoid hate, running really on a treadmill. Hate it. Yeah, I really just I'm very uncomfortable. I, I think that speaks even more though why running. I've enjoyed this so much is because it's just out in those kind of environments that make me happy. And like when it rains when you're running, I'm like, like oh my it. god, I'm running with the elements. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> I love it. What 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 were your or what are your thoughts on Lither King? Mine. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting when he was denying taking steroids. Yeah. I'm just a bit like, I'm not 100% sure. I don't really have a very good steroid dar. So I can never really tell. I'm just not really in the know. But he just spoke a lot about it. And I was like, hmm, I'm not 100% sure. Interesting that he only eats liver when he could surely... Doesn't eat other stuff as well. It's just one of the first things is like the tenants in terms of like, one of the first things becoming more primal is that you have liver. But he eats other food as well. Yeah, it's like steak, burgers, cheese, potatoes, yeah. vegetables. Um. I don't think he's really come out with any statements that I've thought, oh my goodness, that is absolutely insane. And when I did listen to that podcast as well, you kind of understand why he is the way he is now. If you listen to the podcast and how he was brought up and he was bullied and things, and you'd never know that by looking at him now, because I think people can be a bit prejudiced the way they look at someone and be like, oh my God, this big, massive guy who eats liver. I'm like, well, go back and actually, because I, I didn't understand before I listened to that podcast. So I think it's quite interesting to try and understand someone's why and why they're doing what they're doing now and why they look that way and why they only promote themselves eating liver. Just have a little look. Have a little look in someone and then make a comment. Yeah. I think, again, like other people who spoke about, like Andrew Tate, some of the extremists, there are things that you're going to look at and be like, what a wanker. And then there's, when you look a little bit deeper, there's some of the things that you're looking at like, that makes sense. There's some of the things on the podcast that he spoke about recently, which I was like, that makes sense. He's preaching a very simple message of basically get outside more, get off technology more, get off your phone at night, eat less processed foods, get more sleep, engage with family and friends more, bond more. Really simple, simple things I think more people are striving for. He's just doing it in a different vessel. He's just doing it dressed up as a different character. He's just this big meter guy. And that's the, the thing that's interesting is that if he was just some normal dude, would people take his messages seriously? Or would he have grown the audience who then he can push that message to as well? Probably not. So that, that kind of um, look and persona that he's created has meant that his message has reached more people. Because I think the message that he's pushing is actually pretty valid and is actually pretty interesting and I think could probably benefit quite a lot of people. So I don't think he's probably as much of a joke as what people potentially think he is, as this kind of guy who's on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram is a bit of a, a comical character. There's a... I think there's a greater, wider message that a lot of people could potentially take away from it. I think as well, just with one of your points of being outside and getting fresh air. So remember that quote that I used for the video of us in the lake? Yeah. I, me and Ben went to the Lake District. So we went in the lake and it was just beautiful. We weren't really on our phones. It was just such a lovely weekend, wasn't it? And I put a caption that said, the most beautiful things are not associated with money. They are memories and moments. If you don't celebrate those, they can pass you by. And that was a quote by Alec Weck. And someone commented, I don't actually know if they've deleted it now. Oh yeah, easy to say when you have money. And you put back, to be fair, it would take someone who has worked to earn money to give this this opinion. Otherwise it would lack, lack validity. And my point was, no, no, I'm just, ha I've always been happier outside as a small kid, outside in the fresh air, hiking. So why couldn't that make me happy now? Do you understand what, mm -hmm. what my point is? No, it was just, um, I, but then she agreed with you. She was like, oh yeah, yeah, wishing you guys a very good day. Do you know what I think the thing that's interesting is, as a, if you look like, um, I don't know the reasoning behind this, but I was just thinking about it the other day. If you look at like our timeline in our youth, we want to be outside, explore, climb up trees, be in the green grass, run around fields, be in the fresh air. We get to a point between, I don't know, guesstimating, 
15, 20 to late 30s, 40 maybe, where we're consumed by technology, social media, comparison, wanting and be on the quest of more, potentially on the hedonic treadmill, looking at what he's got, not what I've got, what financial goals I should have, how much I need to be to get this car, this house, whatever it is. And then we go for the stage of maybe a little bit later life where all we want to do is have less, less stress, um, less responsibilities, go on holidays more, be in the late district, being greener grasses, just go on walks. A lot of elderly people are doing that. It's almost like it comes with a level of um, level of maturity and a level of infancy that we just want to be in those two environments and this middle point of mm. the sandwich of our lives. We're just consumed by all these other toxic things sometimes. And when we chase more, we end up being outside in those natural environments less. Yeah, 100%. Weird. I don't know why. I've got no idea. I was just think, thinking about it the other day. But we, we hadn't spent time just to get off our freaking phones, get off social media and get outside in the elements and just... I've never... I was honestly... I was so relaxed. I was like, I can do this all the time. This is something that I, I can go off every day and do a little hike. Yeah. It was like a revelation for me. I was like, I am... Ha-, like, it's hot. We work on... I get it. We work on social media. It's, but sometimes it gets... There's ooh, I get a lot of pressure with it so i was like oh my god we just stood in a lake mm-hmm. this is really nice i can go back to work on monday but right now i feel very calm and relaxed there's nothing around it's just it is just a very interesting it's weird when you make. think about it like that though isn't it how it how it changes yeah i mean debs and clive whoo look they just love cycling they get, just love the little bike just love it love going off weekends love going off weekends go to the bike walking mom, so mom you see a lot of you see a lot elderly people walking walking the dog Simple life, no stress. Yeah, it's very interesting. Same when you were a kid, though. No, no stress. Simple life. Chase balls. Climb up trees. I was a really, I was a big shit. tree climber. I set a lot. Of, I used to light a lot of things on fire when I was a kid. I did that. I used to spray. So my next door neighbour, who was like my best bud when we were little, I was a right little tomboy. We used to, um, we used to put oil spray on our skateboards and set on, set fire to them and then jump on them and ride them. We were like something out of Indiana Jones. It was wild. That is the gayest thing I've ever heard. No, it's not. It is. That's sad. <laughs> I used to send the skateboard on fire. Why? Because we were kids and it was fun. And it was like, whoa, yeah. this is really cool. And like, put your finger through fire like that. What do you mean? Like, like in... a candle. I that's a nice thing. The, the other thing, I'm sure everyone's done this, when you're on a bike when you're a kid, where you used to cut a cup in half and peg it to your back tyre. So you just sound like a motorbike. Yeah, we didn't. Carl, you done that? Yeah, definitely, all the time. You just you think you're crazy, like oh, sounds like a motorbike's coming, but it's just you on your push bike. Yeah, I used to find like plastic cards and put them in the spokes as well. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. starting off the starting off the motorbike. (laughs) Never did that. Yeah, because you were too busy lighting your skateboard on fire. I was really, I was, I was Indiana Jones on my skateboard. It was like a little penny board as well. It's great on it. There you go, happiness. Happiness. Yeah. Just, if you're looking for happiness, set your skateboard on fire, <laughs> get your plastic cups out, put them on bikes, get into the <laughs> wilderness. Back to childhood, literally. But I think that is the end of today's podcast. Indeed. There was a lot going on today, and I think it was very important to have those topics of conversation. Even if you're sat there with your partner or your friends, have these sort of conversations with your friends. I think it's important to speak about these sort of topics. Like obviously, we're doing it on a mic, on a podcast, so everyone can hear. But I do think having these discussions with friends and family and your partner is is also really important yeah i was going to retract my, my statement and not say it's the gayest thing gayest thing probably one of the the more weirder things is i think i've spoke about this before about saying things are gay and then they have a negative connotation with them yeah you shouldn't describe something as it, was me, it was me being childish again then when you say something's called that's gay mm-hmm. what you really mean is like it's a bit silly so i apologize for associating that word with with weird or silly that's really interesting because I just quickly made a note then on my back end of my notes and said, you need to either say something or, yeah. That's one of the things that I've really noticed as I got older is that it takes a brave person, but also I also think it's, it shows a level of understanding. self-awareness, understanding, intelligence to, to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. I, I was wrong there. Yeah, well, that yeah, 100%. I think we probably all picked up on it and that's mm. really good that you actually just were very self-aware and said that as well. 
yeah. that's, that's a thing we can say so sometimes and we don't really mean something or you say something just off the cuff and it takes and this is with a lot of the characters that we've discussed today in, in general one thing it does take is it takes a lot of courage and confidence to put out a public opinion on, yeah, on anything not just sit on the fence um, and then it takes another level of confidence or self-awareness to then admit when you're wrong there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who think that when you're wrong on something and then kind of invalidates your opinion on other things or affects the way that people view you but i also i actually think that if more people admit that they were wrong with things and instead of just arguing for the for their set viewpoint on things that could never be changed and that they're so rigid with opinions that they don't allow flexibility or they don't allow themselves to continue learning and that just shows a um a level of no, it shows a level of lack of maturity, I think. Yeah, the world the world would be a far better place if people could just communicate things and articulate themselves in what you just did there, mm-hmm. I think. Well done. Fist bump. On that note, we will love you and leave you on today's podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow on Spotify. I think it's a follow the heart button. And subscribe on itunes and also leave a review as well because it does massively massively help everything we do with the podcast it means we can get some sick guests on and also the other thing we i'll mention it again because i'll just keep bringing it up until we have a bit more something concrete on it we are going to be running a not so fit couple live event yes in january mm-hmm. so if kind you'd like, like the first week of jan if you'd like to see that if you'd like to be a part of it if you've got any questions about it pop them in the youtube comments or where else can people pop them? People pop them on Spotify, Carl, or no? No. Just okay. YouTube. I'm, I'm chatting shit. Pop them on YouTube. Any questions? If you'd be game for it, it'd be nice to kind of get an indication of who would like to come. We're probably going to be looking at the Manchester area for it, are we? Yeah, yeah, it'll be Manchester. But that'd be cool. Hopefully get Manchester. a couple of guests there as well. Have a, have a fun night. And uh, the other thing that you can do is you want to take some action, make some change. But there's a seven-day free trial. You can use code NOTSOFIT7. Is it? Yep, not so fit seven, and the link will be below on everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, have an amazing day or evening, wherever around the world, and we'll catch you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.